how can we utilize this opportune time to really support women, to really honor the foundation of who they really are versus what we've made them because we were afraid of the, the level of consciousness they would bring because we are afraid of the feminine energy that is able to see quantumly. We got to get out of the linear. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello. Hello, everybody. Greetings. We are back on U.S. soil. Yeah, we are back and I am in my, I'm wearing my blue blockers, my dope (laughs) Felix Gray blue blocker, blue, blue, blue blockers. They're really cute. They're dope too. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. It feels good to be back in kind of like our... Our little <laughs> biohacking, yeah, honestly, <laughs> layer. I was in my little um, higher dose sauna, my infrared sauna blanket yesterday. Oh yeah, I was doing my infrared sauna blanket last night, and I've been doing my workouts. Nothing else really. My apartment's a pit right now, so I don't want to be around it. Oh yeah, that's it's like disgusting. That that sends oh, me into a tailspin. We, <laughs> we had our postmates came over, Justin and I got Postmates when I got home on Sunday night and he walks in. He's like, you guys moving? Cause we had so much shit <laughs> at the, the apartment. And I was like, yeah, it's been, it's been rough. He's like, good luck. I'm like, thanks. That's how messy we are right now. Yeah. I mean, when you get back from a, a vacay and you have to unpack and you're also, especially with you, I didn't have as many boxes or, or, uh, I, know, I don't know which ones got stolen, but whatever. I know I can't even keep track anymore. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I know. I but felt- I think the the stealing has ceased because my sign that says "Please stop stealing from me." So, you guys, if you listen before, I think I talked about it. But at my apartment, I'm having someone steal my packages, but they're doing it very interesting. They're very picky, so they'll unwrap most of them, and then the ones that they're interested in, they'll take some of it and leave some of it. So, you know, one time they took all the clothes, but left the sunglasses. One time they took one of the the face oils and left the others. They took a lot of these dusts that I got, like these beautification adaptogenic Mm -hmm. dusts. They took those. They really, really liked those. So it's definitely someone that's like a neighbor. So I put a sign up that just said, hey, can you please stop stealing from me? I would prank them. I know I'm trying well, after this, but I haven't seen anything else, but I don't really know if I'm missing stuff. Cause a lot of times PR companies will send stuff and I actually don't know. I would put dog shit in it. Yeah. Or like a bomb. <laughs> no. Tear gas, <laughs> tear gas, right? <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I don't even really know, but it, yeah, it feels so good to be back. And, and London was amazing uh, for all the London community for almost 30. We are so grateful that you came and you know we couldn't be more impressed and in awe of you. Yeah. You guys are so funny. 
Sometimes I forget like, (laughs) you know, that obviously we're meeting real human beings and you guys feel like our friends and we've known you forever, but it's always so nice when you are just so comfortable around us to be able to just like let her rip. And you guys, especially in London, and a lot of you actually traveled from outside of London, from the Netherlands, from, oh my gosh, Germany, um, so many different places. So we were just so grateful, but Y'all are so funny. Yeah, so there was one of... girl that actually brought up the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life and it kind of blew me away. Have you seen the meme? Uh, can I speak to the manager? No. So, oh, dude, there's this meme and I'm not even a meme person, but Justin is. So there's a meme with the haircut, like the mom haircut, you know, from SNL, the cut. Mm-hmm. And it's the cut that every mom has. It's like a little bit of bang in the front, kind of spiky in the back, like looks like just it's, very particular. It's got a it's got a pretty intense highlight. It's like Kate from Kate plus eight. Exactly. Yes. Kate Gosselin, the Kate Gosselin cut. So there's a meme that goes around that's a bunch of those women with those cut. And it's like, this is the, can I speak to the manager cut? So it's like when you're at a restaurant, you know, everybody mm-hmm. with the haircut wants to speak to the manager. And I was talking about someone and they mentioned that meme. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you've seen that too. I was like, can I speak to the manager? What the fuck? The world is so small. It feels, yeah, it felt so good to just kind of like relate on so many levels. And I don't know why, because I haven't really traveled that much. So I don't know when I think I travel, I'm like, ah, I don't know if like the people we meet are going to be, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Meaning like- You're like, hello. (laughs) Not at all. Hello, my name is Lindsay. (laughs) Greetings, (laughs) I am Lindsay. (laughs) They're like, "Uh, we speak English. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about the language. It's literally like, cause I think they're kind of so much more like worldly yeah, than me. They are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They are actually. But Nothing you, everyone. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. They can go to fucking Mallorca for the weekend That's and true. I'm like going to- you A know. lot of them were also too like, that lived in the United States were there for business or something like mm-hmm. that. So there was um, a lot of that too, but uh, London was amazing. So we had our event with Milana Snow at ReCenter. So we actually had two events at ReCenter, the one with Milana Snow and then the one with Jenna Zoe mm-hmm. on human design. ReCenter was so beautiful, accommodating, yeah. highly recommend taking yoga classes there or hosting an event. I mean, if we'll do London again next year, we'll definitely be doing it at ReCenter. And then we also did an event with Peter Kelly at the WeWork in, um, in London as well. And that was just awesome. Yeah. It was so, so nice. Yeah. The, and all the space, the two spaces were so different, but just created, you know, I don't know what we look for is like a, a warm welcoming and I don't know, like a safe space. Like sometimes spaces can be sterile. So really when we pick spaces, we just, we like to go there first and really, and feel it out. But with London, it was hard because we couldn't go there before. So, you know, just to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, we had to pivot quite quickly. One of the spaces we couldn't use. So we had to pivot and recenter was so accommodating and their space we loved so much. So we were so happy to go back for the last event. But yeah, it can, it can be really, really stressful because literally we're just thinking of you guys that are coming to the event. Like we want this to be you know, something that you will remember and feel comfortable in and every detail really, really matters. So, you know, it was, it was just a joy to work with WeWork and ReCenter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it, with events, it's like, it's so fun and amazing. And whenever we do it and we're in it, it's like the most gratifying thing, but events are the most stressful job, period, no, the end. I don't even. There's so many details. There's so many different 
you know, location, AV, sound, temperature, music, lighting. waivers, lighting, legal, insurance, see, like it, it, the list goes on and it's just so much stress. So when we do tour, or I was like, yeah, tour. And then we do it and it's like 20 of these. It just like, I'm going to go bald. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's and that'll so- be the end of me if I'm bald. It's so stressful, but like, I know that we keep doing it because literally during the event, we're like, this is the best thing ever. And like meeting you guys is the coolest thing, but like it, uh, much respect for event planners out there, wedding planners, like anything like that, really, truly the attention to detail has to be of another planet. Yeah. And one of the best parts of the trip was PETA listens to the podcast. I mean, I mean, come on. That's all I needed. She like, re- she like referenced a few episodes and it actually makes me fall out of my chair. I'm like, yeah. what? Like our podcast. <laughs> so we got to chill with PETA. We did lunch, uh, which was amazing. And then we got to record a podcast that we're going to share with you. That's really raw as PETA does uh, talking about motherhood, talking about her transition out of being so business focused into nesting and to creating her family her home life that, you know, she's passionate and loves and really just spending a lot of her time with soul. Yeah. I love being around PETA. Her, her confidence is unlike any confidence I've ever experienced, you know, and she's only 30. So let me just say that and let you sit with that. It's so inspiring. It's not intimidating. It is just, it is like, it is, it is what it is. And it sets the tone for how people, you know, are around her and take her in and how she takes in people. And I just am taking mental notes all the time because I love the way I feel around her. And I love how I kind of, uh, adopt a new sense of confidence about myself when I'm around her and just how honest she is and, and how she makes it okay and gives people permission to, for lack of a better term, meet themselves where they are and define clear boundaries within business, within their personal life, within social media, which we talked a lot about during the event which I think is really relevant for people, whether you're using social media for business or for personal, there's something that is happening when you're on social media. There's so much positive, but there is like this energy suck that is happening and you have to be very careful of that. Yeah, I just, I adore her so, so much. And our event with her was really, really powerful. She rips, she channels, like you just kind of let her go. (laughs) It was funny. Like we were up there and didn't need to say anything. She's like, I want you up there. I know, it was kind of cute. Cause it's like, she just- she knows like I, she is my guru, you know? So um, a lot of what she talked about was thinking about any situation or circumstance in your life where you have dogma that causes you to act or think in a certain way. And potentially that could be a way for you to hide, to hide from, you know, making your own decisions, connecting with what's deep in your heart and really listening to what your soul wants. So as an example, she referenced her journey with veganism. She was a vegan for three years. She was very strict, very stringent about it. When she chose to start eating meat again and start bringing in animal products, it was after she gave birth to soul. So she did a plant-based pregnancy. And after that, her body said it wanted products from the animal kingdom. And then she really evaluated, you know, in her life and in her spirituality, what sort of dogma was telling her to do and why she was listening to that dogma over her own soul and over her own body. So taking back 
our ownership of what our body is telling us, or what our soul is telling us over whatever anybody else has to say. Mm. You know, it could be the self-care thing. You know, you should do this. You should journal. You should meditate. You should eat this way. You should eat that way. Trying it all, seeing what fits, adding to your life what fits and leaving the rest. And even if it's someone else that's making the the call and, and saying that something's good doesn't mean it, it works for you. Yeah. And it's so hard because, you know, the health and wellness industry is saturated with coaches and, you know, a lot of them we know and have interviewed and are our friends. And it's just, you know, the way she speaks on it too, is really directing you back to yourself because a lot of people are making their living being the source of dogma in a way for you to live a healthier, better life. And like, is a healthy, well life that of so many rules and restrictions and stress about whether I'm doing enough, you know, drinking enough green juices or am I getting too much blue light? It's like, we are aware of these things, but there is a a letting go. There is a, I don't know, just not holding on so tight and really tuning into what you need. So for her, she was called to have products from the animal kingdom, you know, incorporating that back into her diet. That's what she needed. So really being able to tune in. And then also, you know, she talked a lot about her relationship with ideas, which I thought was interesting and with her creativity and just how, you know, she'll get ideas all the time. Like, and she, she spoke about ideas as, not belonging to her. Like they find ideas, find people. And, you know, if it's the right time and, you know, it's the right connection, then, you know, you'll feel, feel called to, to complete it or, or just put it out into the world. Um, but she's like, yeah, some ideas like come through and I kind of work with them for a very short time and they don't even become a thing. But the fact that I kind of danced with it a little bit was the purpose. And then I let them go, mm-hmm. which I thought was beautiful. Cause I think you know, a lot of people experience that where ideas come in and they can beat themselves up over the fact that they didn't, you know, see it all the way through, but maybe that wasn't the purpose. Yeah. And the way that she approaches ideas and creativity is much less masochistic and much less um, intense than others. You know, a lot of times people will get an idea for something and they feel so much pressure. They're like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to get funding. I have to get the money. I have to do all these things instead of letting it breathe and ruminate and like grow and evolve on its own and just not seeing so much pressure with it. You know, it doesn't need to be so intense. If it turns out to be something that's amazing and and you should nurture and water it, but it's like, don't also like go with an idea that comes to your head that might make you a lot of money, might be something, but isn't necessarily meant for you or your soul's journey. So that's again, going back in and checking in to see like if something actually truly aligns with you. Yeah. And then lastly, for me, the, she was just like going so hard in her twenties and how she's only recently been able to make the transition to creating space and giving herself a rest and not feeling like she has to be on all the time and answering all the emails and, you know, just moving forward, forward, forward and being as present as possible, you know, spending time with her daughter and um, her husband and really giving that as much merit and value as a, an accomplishment within her career. And I think that was really nice to hear. I think for both of us, you know, we're not there yet in in having our own families, but, you know, to have someone like PETA 
doing that in real time and expressing why it's hard, but how she's really found it to nourish every part of her life is, is really comforting because we are going to, to um, have that time in our lives where that will take priority and the front seat and how doing that is actually really great for our careers in the long term. Yeah. And she's like living in the moment, what you want, what you say you want to be. She's living in the moment, what people say they wish they would have lived when they're on their deathbed. Mm -hmm. So when people are on their deathbed, they're saying, I wish I would have held my daughter more. I wish I would have spent more time with my son. I wish I would have had that conversation. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have done those things. And she is actually living and breathing it. So, you know, for her, that is prioritizing soul every day. It is prioritizing her relationship with Eric, her husband. And that is, you know, the slowing down. That is the prioritization of being cooking a slow meal for her family. You know, those sort of beautiful things that can be rituals in your life and can be really fulfilling if you slow down enough to let them be. Mm. Well said. Yes. I love that point. Love you, Peta. We love you. She's Peta Jean on Instagram and she is the best. She's an icon. Best. Yeah, she, she, got, she came up with that Zimmerman dress. I was like, okay. <laughs> with sneaks. So dope. Which I love. So dope. That is the move. It's like, what do you think of my rented outfit? <laughs> Just kidding. I love Rent the Runway. Yeah, honestly, shout out Rent the Runway. That saved us this trip. Yeah, I use Rent the Runway all the time. I love that it's green and I love that I can get, you know, whatever outfits for whatever occasion. Um, if you guys want to try Rent the Runway, we do have a code, mm -hmm. almost 30. It gets you $40 off your first month. And then if you, you can get $40 off your second month too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lindsay and I use it all the time. Yeah, it's the, it, honestly, and, and my my run the runway stuff was so London. <laughs> so that's what's fun is you can like I dress know. for the occasion. That's what, exactly. Yeah. And I would have never gotten those things, but like they worked out so well and yeah. it was fun to kind of play. Yeah, we had like dress up coats, like our pea coats. Pea coats, baby. Yeah, I had like a big pea coat, lots of buttons and plaid. Yeah, I had plaid and- Yeah, the girls were probably like, what are you wearing? It was a costume. I thought it was cute. I know. All right. So today on the podcast, we're so excited and we know you are too. Much anticipated episode with Shaman Durek. Oh my God. <laughs> I just, I don't even know what to say about this, but this was- one of my, this was, this is really up well, there. One, it was in person. And this is it, so cash money. It's it insane. got, it, it got pretty wild. Wild. Not, not only did we just like dive deep into like this queendom that he um, so beautifully describes and how we can embody that and so much more, but he actually did readings on Krista and I that got extremely personal. <laughs> I cry again. So FYI. <laughs> Yeah. And we talked a lot about the matrix, like what yeah. that means and how women can uh, tap into their power and intuition more. Lindsay and I's readings were amazing. And this is one of my favorite episodes that we've done in a really, really long time. It's super powerful. And I'm going to be listening again and again for the messages and for um, just the insight that, that he provides. Yeah. He's such a joy to be around. You know, we love him. We love knowing him and are really, really excited about um, what you guys are going to take away from this episode. Yeah. And if you don't know Shaman Durek, just a little bit, he's a spiritual guide and gifted healer. Um, he acts as a mediator or bridge between the spiritual and physical planes, applies ancient spiritual wisdom coupled with decades of devoted study and practice and his, you know, clients and followers just, you know, 
glow and talk about you know how they are feeling physically better, mentally, spiritually. It's brought them more success and happiness and healing. So um, you know this is really exciting for us to share. Connect with Shaman Durek on Instagram at Shaman Durek and please join the secret Facebook group. In there, there's over almost 12,000 active, beautiful women who um, are supporting one another every day. We're laughing, we're talking about anything and everything. So if you want to talk about this episode or anything else, please join the secret Facebook group. And then also check out if you are close to a subgroup. So a city near you that has their own group. And we have over 70 ambassadors all over the world. If you don't have a subgroup near you, maybe you want to start one email community at almost30podcast.com. Yeah. And we are still on tour. So check out the next dates that we have going on. We have our retreat happening in July, the 9th through 12th. We have LA happening on June 20th. And then after that, we're taking a little bit of a break to work on some um, internal projects. And then we're picking back up again to do Nashville, Columbus, New York City, Washington, DC, Philly, Miami, Sydney, Melbourne. So there is a bunch of different cities that you can find on almost30podcast.com slash events. And there's great, great, great guests and speakers that we have joining us. We can't, can't wait to meet you. So enjoy this episode. We will see you and read a review on the other side. So excited. So it's a long time coming. And recently you were so helpful with cleaning my apartment. So when I moved in... I just, something, the apartment was beautiful, but I, something was always off. And then the way that we got it was kind of like we forced it a little bit. And there wasn't anyone living in the apartment at the time. And when we moved in the whole weekend, I literally didn't say a word. I just, it was weird to me. I was like, why am I not talking at all? Like I felt really low. And then for the next couple of days and like weeks, there was like one point in my time where I was sitting and I was looking in my mirror in my bathroom. I was like, oh, I think I'm about to be depressed. And I have had periods of depression and anxiety, but I was like, but this doesn't feel the same. And so I was like, I don't, I'm trying to figure out why I feel depressed. And I just kind of thought that there was something wrong with the apartment. I just had the feeling that there was, and, you know, was able to eventually, I'm trying to think if anything else happened, but it was able to eventually confirm with you, you know, that feeling and you helped me through WhatsApp and we talked about it. And you basically told me that, you know, the couple that lived there before me, which it was confirmed that there was a couple that lived there before me, they left like in the middle of the night very quickly and they were fighting a lot and over money. And that she became so depressed that there was like an energy that came through the portal, which is a space in my house that I know exactly what you were talking about and started to feed off her energy. And all my neighbors basically confirmed this for me. She left in the middle of the night. They were very weird. They seemed to fight all the time. And so that energy was still like living in my apartment when I got there. And I had to do a ritual that you told me about that was like 20 steps. It was was witchcraft. Like legit. I was like, what's going on right now? It involved a bell. I was like walking around. Pause like, me right now. <laughs> okay, so I had to like Did you get like onion or something? Clove. I had uh-huh. clove in each corner of my apartment, each corner of each room. I had to put a bowl of water with salt in the middle of each room with a with a, a white candle. I had to go around with the bell. I had to light the candle. And then I also had to spray all the air with peppermint because that spirit didn't like peppermint. Mm -hmm. And then 
I you, had, you did the onions, right? Yes. And I did. Yes. I did the onions too. <laughs> so it was a very stinky day. It's a very, very stinky day. And it took a while. And over time, it definitely helped a lot. But then there was, and, and that helped so much. And I remember messaging you a few days later. I was like, I feel really good, but I'm not sure. And you were like, we'll check in like with yourself and see. And it ended up being like a week later in the middle of the night, the spirit came to me and the entity came to me. And I was able to like, in my dreams, tell it to leave Mm -hmm. and like sent it infinite love and it left. So that was like the impetus for cleaning my apartment, which was like so important to me. So I really appreciate that. And you just were so quick. You were like, all right, let's do this. And you like helped me. It was amazing. Uh, Thank you. It's a pleasure to serve you. You know, I, I always, um, for me, it, 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 it's always about being a service. It's just being a service and being there for people and showing up for them. And when, and especially because, you know, I am that, you know, person in the spirit world, you know, like you go to a doctor, you get sick, you go to a doctor, hopefully you're going to a functional medicine doctor and not just a regular doctor, but you know, either, or you go to a person who has, you know, you go, you have, um, mental issues going on. You go to a psycho, a psychotherapist, a psychiatrist, you know, these types of things. And you get your car fixed, you go to a mechanic and whatnot. And then when you have spiritual stuff, you go to a shaman, you go to someone who actually studied the spiritual world for, since you were a child. So nothing phases me. You know, people can say, oh yeah, there's this hot, cold sensation in my house. I'm telling exactly what it is. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is how you deal with it. My kid, my kid can't sleep. They have night terrors. This is how you deal with it. You know, it's like all of these, that's where I, that's what a shaman's role is, is that we are here in the spirit world, helping to help explain to the other part of the, what we call the Western world or the physical world, what, how this all connects, right? Because we can't, we can't just connect, disconnect the spirit world and then act like it's not happening to us. People do have things that come in their room at night and these are realities, you know? And so how do you deal with that? How do you deal with something that's unseen and unknown and you haven't been given a textbook, you know, class on it. Right. And so that's where I come in. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you the one-on-one and really help you understand how to navigate yourself from these, these situations. Yeah. And, on that, so there was another thing you said too. You were like, "There's a female figure that's with you, and she's older, and she's like, it was my grandma." And you yeah, were, your grandma. Yeah, you was really sweet because my mm-hmm. we went to a a medium a few weeks ago, and he's like, "Your grandma's here. She's helping you move." And that was like what, and I didn't understand at the time, but that was what she was doing was helping me through that process. So that was also something that was like spot on. But when you talk about serving, you know, I think that a, a I think about you a lot in that way because you do serve so much how do you let others serve you? Like I always, I sometimes not worry because you're so strong and powerful, but I do think that you serve so much that how, how do you give back? Like, how do you let yourself receive, you know, cause you do, you're always giving and giving and giving. Well, you know, for me, I look at it in this way that it's my responsibility to fill up my own vessel. Right. So I'm open to learn from people because I think the process of learning is an eternal process. Mm. There is no like I got it and I know everything because then in that moment, you're actually cutting yourself off from so much data that that is available to through so many amazing, beautiful souls on this planet. So when it comes to being served in the way of my own evolution, 
I'm open to anything that comes from mm-hmm. anyone, any person, as long as it's coming from a place of unconditional love. It's coming from a place of love. Like you're coming with real intention to actually see me better my life, better mm-hmm. myself and become a greater person. But if you're coming at me with attack and so forth, then I know it's your own personal stuff that you're still processing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just step back, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, for me, so for me, the way I fill myself up is I love to go sweat. Mm-hmm. I play video games. What games? Uh, uh, I play uh, the Disney video game called Kingdom Heart. Love that. Oh. I used and to I, love Sega Genesis. I love Sega Sonic so and good. all that. And I also play this other game called Abzu, where you're this being that goes in the water from the goddess of the water, and you explore the waters. You tell the goddess what areas are polluted, and then you go back, and then she cleans the waters. And, <laughs> oh my god, I love and you can come out with your own video game. Yeah, yeah, that's that's also a plan of ours. But mm-hmm. I want to do something virtual that helps people to build because I have this whole thing about technology using us and I want technology to be something that enhances us Mm. but we're not codependent upon that we are the greatest technology nature is the greatest technology and I want people to start logging into the trees I want people to start logging into their own bodies and realizing that their body is this amazing supercomputer and you can delete files just like you do on a computer but because you were taught that you have to follow processes because of the matrix taught you that way with repetition in school and so forth you kind of create this idea that the only way you can actually move through things is to constantly go through it over and over and over again. And I'm all about simplifying things. Like why make things so hard and difficult? Like I hear people like, oh yeah, I, I had to go through this and I had I go to India and I climbed this mountain and I did this. And I'm, I'm like, that's just, that's a lot. <laughs> You're like, wow, when you could have just chilled. You know, you just could have like had some friends over and relaxed. It's it's kind of like (laughs) taking the place of of the really simple deep work. So to be able to kind of like say you did a lot of things to, you know, learn more about yourself or to heal a trauma, whatever it is, feels like, okay, I checked a lot of boxes there. This should work. And it's like, and it is kind of the silence and the stillness, you know, relative, you know quote unquote, that really gets you there quicker and deeper. But what would you say to people who, you know, you you spoke about just the spiritual world and, and understanding how it relates to our physical existence. What if people are scared or, or worried that once they tap into that, they're like, it's open, it's open now. You know, we're, we're not scared of it, but but you know, we're in LA and we're so lucky to be able to kind of be having these conversations all the time. But for someone who isn't exposed to this type of thing, what would you say to them? Well, what I would say is to, in life, you want to be data open and data open means that you're open mm-hmm. to information and data, but you want data that is, that is in what I call illuminated data, right? I call it lit data, right? Light intelligence data. It's data that actually shifts you, elevates you, activates you and illuminates you. Not data that actually keeps you stuck and makes you believe that you have to go on this long journey to like find this sense of peace and well-being within yourself to create sustainable love, sustainable joy. What, what, when someone is stepping into that world, what they have to understand is that everything that they've been taught from the time that they were a child to where they are now is just data. It's just data streams that have been passed on either through their mother, their father, or their guardians are those who are, you know, um, holding that authority figure over them. Right. And the thing is, 
stepping into the unknown, we do it all the time in our life. Like your first kiss was unknown. Like your first day at school was unknown and you survived and you were fine. And I think that because the matrix's whole idea is to keep you in a box and keep you in this kind of like very submissive way of being codependent upon a system that tells you that it's got your best interests. And in fact, and you know that all the corporations and governments are not thinking about the understanding of thriving of people is thinking about driving profit and consumerism. So, so you have to look at that everything you're taught is the information actually lifting and shifting you? Is it making you a loving, generous, nurturing person? Because mm-hmm. nurturing is sexy, right? And it's like if you are operating from this from this idea, like I'm afraid to go in the spiritual world, there is no such thing. And that's what I, that's kind of where I come in is because I'm reframing people's like very new age model of spirituality, which is now been taken over by the matrix and turned into this kind of like social cachet. If you do ayahuasca, you're like, you get street cred. And like, if you, you know, you have the Lululemons and you have the pants and you have the, this, and you have the expensive yoga mat and you're doing yoga, which is now really just the pickup centers for, for this day and That's age. True. Mm-hmm. Right. So That's I true. like to bring things to a very base understanding of like, are we operating in narcissism? Are we really operating in evolution? Because spirituality isn't anything different from how you're living your life. Like I have a guy that I work with and he's a Wall Street exec. No, he doesn't do yoga. No, he doesn't like meditate and do these things, but he wants to evolve. So he's spiritual. So to me, spiritual spirituality is evolution. It means the willingness to evolve, right? And so that's how I frame it for mm-hmm. people so that it's an easier walk. And it's not about trying to meet up to like, what you see other people doing, right? It's about micro jumps. It's about being able to, to, to be just present with yourself. If you can like go down the street and smile at someone with a genuine smile and you can feel that vibrancy coming up inside of you, right? That right there is already a quantum leap and never lose. Like, I'm going to start crying. Like, mm-hmm. literally, if you can go to someone and give them a hug and just like be fully present with that hug, don't pat them to break up electromagnetic energy, but really go mm. in for the hug and be comfortable with that level of connection. That is what changes the world, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I, a lot of my teachings, a lot of my understandings is not just based in shamanism, but it's also based in sociology and it's based in anthropology because shamans, that's what we have to study when we're, when we're young. And also a lot of my teachers that I look up to are people in the world like Martin Luther King, People who are, you know, out there who were creating a well of humbleness and humility and getting out of the very like guru conscious behavior. Like I'm greater than you because I have all this data. No, actually I'm grateful to have this information so I can share with you. And then I want to know what you know. And so that makes it easy for us to get out of this kind of like primordial way of operating um, on earth from this perspective of like, I have to do all of these things in order to meet, to be accepted in this spiritual club to just the fact that you just want to wake up and feel better. That's evolution right there. Mm. Yeah. Preach. Uh, the, and you actually touched on something we wanted to talk about, of course, which is like the wellness world today and kind of how it's changed. And I mean, you've You've been in it your whole life, essentially. What are your thoughts on like the way things are going right now in wellness as far as like the consumerism change, like social media change, like the people doing ayahuasca? Like what kind of, what would you say about what's happening now? 
So, you know, I was doing uh, kombucha, like when kombucha wasn't even spoken about. I was making it uh, like when I was like 16 years old, you know, <laughs> and like blue green algae. I had to source it from Hawaii from, and like be able to get like the fresh batch that came right out of the water. Like the, the consciousness of health and wellness is in the idea of finding something to alleviate the stress of the monotony of our lives, right? So if we actually look at the funny picture of it all, right, is that we have this matrix, this system that is built by darkness that weeds through the minds of people who are basically bobbleheads and they just go ahead and say, well, I want more power, I want more money, I want more power, so I'm just gonna let all these dark spirits get into my head space, right? I call them sketchers and like create systems to support darkness because darkness needs chaos it needs calamity it needs stress it needs all these things to keep its dimension going it's not doing it because it's this evil being dark when people kill someone it's not doing it's not killing them because it's like oh my god i shouldn't have killed that person your body's a biological spacesuit it knows you're eternal so it's like goodbye get out of your suit you're like mm-hmm. go home you know so the, the way that we perceive things is really interesting so the whole idea of the whole health and wellness is to push to be this beautiful model that's created with this really understanding of autonomy of how we live our lives to create a reduction in stress and how we can alleviate anxiety how can we live because we live in a pressure cooker mm-hmm. we live on a planet that we spend 80 percent of our lives in survival mode 20 percent figuring ourselves out or at least having some kind of awakening and we're bombarded with billboards we're bombarded with news and we're bombarded with like who's hot who's not this thing that thing and especially for like you know the younger generation it's this constant like overload of data but data that's not useful data that's more based on look at yourself find something wrong with you go buy this product to fix it and so the whole health and wellness model should be encompassing this well-being of self-preservation and this ability to acknowledge oneself of how one can self-preserve themselves and then create that leadership of that self-preservation and share it with their brothers and sisters but instead what has happened now is it's become kind of this very narcissistic pool of clicks and social groups with social caches and street cred and like yo like everyone is wanting to be in this field and when you go on instagram you got like oh my god every picture is perfect when the reality is not every day is perfect you know and that's okay because that's how we learn we learn through resistance too and so kind of looking at everyone is creating and saying like, hey, I want to go in this health model and this health and wellness model and this spiritual model uh, because I want to alleviate stress and I want to get into my my Zen and I want to get into my enlightenment and I want to be like the Buddha and I want to be like all of these things. But what they don't realize is that the amount of stress that they put on to maintaining that, that social level is just it's, a, it's like the game of the matrix. The matrix is so smart. That's why we got to get smarter. It's literally basically going, I'm going to take the stress that you want to get away from and I'm going to make it even more so by you going into your health and wellness because now I'm going to add the extra pressure of like how you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to do. And so you have all these people, you know, running around wanting to fit in, going to Wonderlust, doing this thing, going to Tony Robbins, walking on fire, blah, 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 blah. You know? <laughs> Sometimes you got to walk on fire. <laughs> Which is fine. Walk on the fire, you know? Walk on the ice. You know, whatever you got to do. But the thing is, the amount of pressure that 
people have created, it's created more anxiety and more stress. It hasn't alleviated it. And that's what we, that's what the whole healthcare model is supposed to do. Health and wellness is supposed to alleviate stress so that you're not raising high levels of cortisone, that your mitochondria is building properly so that your way that your brain is operating, that your, your synapses is firing off. You're not getting what you call these disturbance wave patterns that are creating what are called disruptive energy patterns in your body, which causes cancer, lupus. I mean, the list goes on. And for women, it's even more so because women have a higher sensitivity to energy frequency. So you're talking cysts in the ovaries. You're talking, you know, you're talking um, meningitis. You're talking uh, breast cancer, ovarian cancer. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, that's not to mention, you know, even just the amount of um, yeast that can build up in a woman from the stress that she's taking on. And this isn't really supportive right so that's how i see it and i and i it, it's it's to me i'm not here to like go this is bad this is bad what i'm here to do is go like okay let's look at what's real you know let's look at why trump got put in office it wasn't to, to just be like i'm trump and i'm in office it's this, i'm trump in office to piss you off so you can look at the shit that you haven't been wanting to really look at in yourself that's already been pissing you off so it's like how can how can we utilize this magnetizing time of evolution right this amazing time that norsodamus and all the great shamans and elders and indigenous people spoke about as this this blackout before the light of dawn comes how can we utilize this this opportune time to really support women to really honor the foundation of who they really are versus what we've made them because we were afraid of the the level of consciousness they would bring because we are afraid of the feminine energy that is able to see quantumly so we got to get out of the linear and we got to get out of the like you know operating from this like i have to do these things in order to be considered a part of this community and these labels that go along with it we have to wash all labels all the things that we keep operating from are based on symptom behavior the same way the medical world bases allopathic medicine it's the symptomatic behavior it's like racism symptom behavior men versus women symptom behavior there's a bigger core that we need to look at but because we keep getting so sidetracked by all these symptoms it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and less and less dealt with and it's like we're so addicted to being addicted to something so we go from like a a quote-unquote bad addiction say to food or alcohol or drugs whatever it is and then we go swing the opposite way and people are you know addicted to going to their I don't even know, doing a hundred ayahuasca ceremonies Mm -hmm. in a year, you know what I mean? Like things like that. And they just kind of swing the other way, but also, you know, why is it so important? And, you know, we feel this, but it's, it's kind of hard to articulate sometimes. Why is it so important that we are empowering, empowering women right now? Like as it relates to the matrix, as it relates to just our evolution, because I think, you know, there is, you know, both from men and women just saying like, okay, we get it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like hopefully it'll swing back the other way and balance out and we can all be friends. And it's, and it's not about that. So I'd love for you to articulate like why it is so important. And you are such a big advocate, you know, for empowering women. And we've seen that at our event that we did with you and be it and, and beyond. So. Yeah. So the first thing we have to understand is how the balance came out for women. Right. So everything we look at in shamanism, we look at cause, core effect, record, memory, discordant vibration, and, and how it's affected both on a, you know, a geological level, how it's affected socializing, how it affected every aspect of life, right? 
when women walked away from their power center, the moment they actually made the first infraction, which is to deny themselves, that then gave men the ability to deny them. Because men operate in linear perspective. Women operate in quantum perspective. So men operate by what they see someone do and how someone treats themselves. And then they go and treat you the exact same way. Whereas women are operating in an understanding of quantum, but women stepped away from their inner core. They're never supposed to leave their power core. They left it for the need to be acknowledged and loved. Through that process, their sisterhood fell apart because the moment they left it, they became codependent or dependent upon the man to to give them the acknowledgement of their own power. Women don't need to hear from anyone. Women have their own intrinsic knowledge inside of them. All that when I used to work in a battered women's shelter, one of the greatest gifts that changed my life, which put me on the path of women empowerment was when I was young and I was working in this battered women's shelter and these women had like cuts, bruises, stabs, they were broken, Mm -hmm. like black eyes. I mean, it was horrible. And for me to actually see that I didn't know what to say to them. And it was funny because that's exactly what they needed for their healing is for me to say nothing and just hold space for them, just to be in reverent space of quietness. I used to sit in the room and the women would be there and I would just say nothing. And what women would just start talking and saying things to me, I didn't like say, oh, that's right, or that's wrong, or like I wasn't trying to fix anything. I just held space of observance, not with judgment, not with I know better than you, not with power play, but just like, I'm just gonna hold space for you with unconditional love because that's all I know what to do right now because I don't know how to deal with the situation. And what it did is it made it possible for the women to see themselves and be able to see their own knowledge and their own healing and their own ability. And the woman who was running the place said to me, "These you're, you're changing the lives of these women because you came in here and you literally held space for them. And now they've been able to talk and share and feel safe. And the healing is really beginning in that space. And so I, it taught me a valuable lesson about, about the power of women. And also not just that, but scientifically based, you know, women have an overdeveloped amygdala, men don't, right? So that in nature, if you look at just like basic understanding of, of the natural environment, whenever there's a predator nearby, the first energy that is sent out is through the hormones of that predator that's coming for them. The women pick it up immediately. They grab their young and they run. Whereas the animals that actually get, you know, get um, eaten are the more of the male animals because they don't have that overdeveloped amygdala. The same is within us, right? And women, if you look at ancient tribal culture, Women were the ones who decided where the tribe would would set up their base because women knew intrinsically where there was water, where there was shelter from predators, what they needed to survive. Men don't operate in the survival mode that is operating for the idea that one day I have to actually be a steward for something greater than myself. Women live in that world. Even if you don't have a child, it's already in you. So when the the example that I gave uh, to someone was like, 
when a woman holds a butterfly, she sees the beauty and she looks at it. She sees the essence of it and she marvels at its beauty. Whereas a guy, because he's operating in linear, he can't see all those angles. So what he sees is I need to take it apart and figure out how it works. Right. So he pulls the wing off and the leg and he's like realizes he's actually hurting the thing, but he doesn't even realize he's hurting it because his his goal to get his answer is more important than the nurture nature of that life force. Mm. And so women hold within them the life code and the life code is so important to the evolution of our planet. Let's give you an example. Every time we create a technology or we do something like we we create anything, let's just say anything, the way it's supposed to be is that women are supposed to use their quantum abilities and see if the very thing that's being created is necessary for our species as a whole, not for the individual person, which is how men see things versus us versus them, but for the we aspect. Will this hurt our species? Will it destroy our resources? Will it make it impossible for us to survive? Yes, don't build it. Yes, don't create that, right? And so we haven't used that model in the way in which we've adapted. We use the masculine model, which is bigger, faster, better, and um, and achieve, 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 because men get their acknowledgement from reward by being acknowledged, and women get their acknowledgement by being seen. So, and appreciate it, like holding space for them. Again, you know, a woman could be really upset. Um, and I, you know, I work with a lot of couples and I told the guy, I said, you know, your wife's upset. And the first thing you try to do is go and fix her. I know you play these power mental games with her, like telling her all the things you think you know, instead of like being like, babe, if you need me, I'm here for you. I, you're smart, you're powerful. And I know you have like this deep wisdom inside of you and you're going to make the decision that's right for our family. Or just put your arms around her. And that's it. And just shut up, you know, and like literally it changed their whole relationship. But the reason why women are so poignant at this time in our evolution is not just women. It's the feminine energy. You see, the feminine energy holds the vessel of the all. It encompasses all nature, animals, and all life forms, all sentient beings. It is the understanding of the constant giving of and and receiving. It's the wholeness, right? So that's why I always think our world is funny because it's very masculine. The buildings are square, which is a masculine energy. The TV is square. Your cell phone is square. Everything is square. Your bed is square. They put you in boxes because that keeps your wow. brain and a certain part of your brain, which actually registers that level of information, which is your unconscious mind and your subconscious mind. Wow. It actually makes you start thinking in a masculine way. You actually start feeling bombarded in masculine projection where you actually feel like you're not doing enough. Mm. The way it's supposed to be is that the building should be circle. We should be looking through circular things. The circular thing shows the wholeness. Therefore, we feel more peace in our bodies. We have more balance in our lives. And the way that community, if you look at how communities are built, communities are built to be in threat to one another. They're built in rectangles and squares. So there is no circle. There's no um, interim for them to be able to gather and talk and share. Every part of a city should always be facing, creating a circle so everyone can see each other. And there should be a park and and nature in the middle so people can commune and share. The heart rate goes down. Blood pressure goes down. Mm -hmm. Your body begins to create a synthesis 
of security and safety. You're not bombarded by aggressive um, energies, which means that you're not building inflammation in the body. The lower your inflammation in the bo- the inflammation in your body, the greater your health, the greater your microbiome, the greater your brain health. This is what shamans look at, right? But what I get disappointed in with other shamans, because I have a lot of shamans who don't like me, they have like the sh- don't like Shaman Dura Club, and then there's shamans who love me. You know, you know, they give me offerings, and they always tell me thank you for how you're bringing shamanism to the 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 you know the very mainstream world. The ones that don't like me are the ones who are operating in the distrust of humankind. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you medicine. You'll figure it out. Great, but the medicine is just opening a door into a viewpoint. It doesn't teach you the ethics of shamanism. It doesn't teach you the sociology, the understanding of why women empowerment and giving women space to be them. Like if we look at the circle and we say, let's say it's like a roller coaster. Women are riding on the top. They're like, yay. And then they go around the bottom and they go upside down. They're like, ah, (laughs) right. And as they make it all the way around, another circle is formed. That's how life is. That's why you can never shut down a woman when she's processing her own information. You give her space because she opens up new dimensions of thought. This is based in tribal knowledge. This is in tribal knowledge. The first thing in tribal culture is they gather the women first. The women come and they create a circle. They sing to each other. They empower each other. They go through whatever they need to go through. And then the men get the wisdom that the women then bring. And then the shaman goes and starts talking and sharing what the spirits need them to do in order to keep the crops and the balance and everyone in the tribe being in leadership Mm -hmm. so that no one in the tribe is feeling out of place so the tribe thrives. And if you look at all the cultures that died out is because they started being destructive and demonstrative towards women. They started losing their feminine energy. So yeah, I mean, every, every shaman and every mystic and every Sufi and every person who follows the old ways, right? Cause I come from old school shamanism. So I'm much more based in the old ways of shamanism, not just let me hand you some plant medicine. We know that in <laughs> the order for us to survive on planet earth, we have to start empowering women and young girls. They are the ones who create generations. Mm -hmm. You empower women and young girls, you empower boys, you empower men. Mm. Men learn through watching. They don't learn by you telling them things. You tell a man, oh, and honey, and this and this and this and this. All he hears is, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble. Let's get out of this as quick as I can. And let's just lie. You also always see the wrong stuff. But it's only it's it makes sense. But the thing is, at the same time, men also have to step up into their heart space. You know, and I learned a valuable lesson recently too. I know we had a situation where I was doing a live thing with So Retrograde on stage, you know, and that was a good eye opener for me because I had a situation where someone was talking to me and I spoke over her instead of letting her speak. And what it did is I went home and I spoke to my mom about it and I got into this deep place. I cried. I, you know, I had this big cry. I went on Instagram and I started crying to everyone. I was crying because a part of me loves women so much. I didn't want to seem like I was hurting them. But what it did was it woke me up. It showed me a part of myself that still needed to see a little bit more of how I can, you know, what they say is refine the, the, the qualities of my nature so that I can be of greater support to women and be able to see like, oh, yeah, 
Yeah, I I'm I was I was looking at it from a place of this is where women can be and I have to like make space for where mm-hmm. women are. And it was like because I'm always I'm such a quantum jumper, I had to come back and like look at that why were the women getting upset in that talk and it was because I was quantum jumping and saying, "Hey, look at this over here." And they're like, "Hey, I'm still in my pain body." Mm. So it's all a learning, you know? And I think it's so beautiful just, you know, on that specific instance, like to kind of see you understand that on a deeper level, like just and as a woman seeing a man do that, like that is what I appreciate. Like I appreciate kind of taking in the process because that's how we do it. Like you said, kind of on the roller coaster, you know, circular type of formation. And, and so like to see a man, any man kind of recognize that to take his process to make that circular is just so beautiful, you know, and it's hard to articulate that with a partner or someone like if I'm dating someone, like I appreciate kind of the realization instead of being like, oh shit, like, you know, yeah. they go off on their own. Like, do that right. You know, it's like a very hard, pointy, sharp thing. And it, it really is soft and it really is a process. I mean, that's how we were taught, you know. I mean, yeah. all my male buddies, when we get together, the first thing that we talk about is like how fearful and scared we are of being vulnerable, you know, and we were taught to be men and what men is, is you, you stuff your emotions, you get things done, you make the money, you have the house, you know, you create the, the foundation and your value is antiquated by what's on your bank account, how big your dick is, mm-hmm. or like how good you are in bed. Like we have these very, very, how do we say skewed ways mm-hmm. of seeing ourselves. So it's always this pissing contest, you know, and what we men are learning now, cause I've been getting letters and letters. Like today I got a letter from this guy and he's like, I know you can change the world, Shaman Dirk, because you changed me as a man. And, and this guy's like a USF fighter. And he was like, you literally helped me understand myself as a man and how to step into my feminine and be there with my girl. And like, you know, and this is a reality of, of transformation, but we men, you have to understand, we didn't get a lot of affection growing yeah. up. We get affection from sex and from our children. So where else are we getting affection? We're afraid to get it from other men because yeah. then we're considered, oh, we've got affection from other men, then something's wrong with us, right? And mm-hmm. so we we you know we get it from women. The first thing we think is sex because we antiquated sex as a form of giving something back to ourselves instead of just having a platonic touch, you know, relationship, connection that would actually help us. And for men to be able to have more male bonding without the idea that it's gonna end up in some kind of sexual thing. And I mean, if it does for men, then that's okay. I'm not, I'm not here. I don't live in the world of labels and I don't label myself at all. I'm open to everything. But the thing is, at the same time, we have to, we have to have a conversation and create a container. And what the matrix wants is it wants us to constantly be at odds. Because when we're at odds, it's the story of Caesar. It's like Caesar said, give them the arena and give them cheap bread and they'll never know what the Republic does. So what did we, what did, so what did the system replace that with, with 
keeping their uh, some kind of division between people and putting celebrities as the new messiahs, the mm. new gurus, right? Which like, so you had all the Martin Luther Kings and the Mandela's and the Malcolm X's and the Mother Teresa's and the Helen Keller's and all these amazing people who are stepping out and saying like, hey, I'm just a normal person who decides that I just want to see the world better, right? And everyone's like, oh my God, this movement, it's amazing. We're marching on this and that and the other. Those things aren't showing up anymore because the system is smart. That's why we got to get smarter. That's where. I, that's why. That's what I spend my time on is educating people to get smarter and and and, and quicker in the way they mm. process information. They deterred us or derailed us into celebrity into celebrity culture. So now you have a celebrity, and the celebrity can say, "You should take uh, this amazing green drink made by blah 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 blah." And everyone goes and buys it without even questioning, do they know anything about holistic health? Do they have any credentials that is substantial? I mean, I went to holistic school. I worked with doctors. Uh, when I sometimes I hear some of these people talk, I'm listening to them. I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. I know, it's crazy. And it's scary because you have all these people beholding to their, to their words as if they have the golden tongue and then going out and doing everything they said to do and then getting sick and feeling upset and then going, why then did this work for me? How come I got sick? How come this? How come that? And then when they go to try to reach that person, they can't because that celebrity is making themselves untouchable. Mm -hmm. Why are you making yourself untouchable? Every single person who writes me on Instagram, my loves, I respond to. I want to know who's in the tribe. I want to know, did you get pregnant? Did you have a baby? Did you divorce? Are you ever winning a business? Mm -hmm. Are you, do you need some help? People write me, Shaman Dirk, you know, I had this thing with my husband and stuff like that. Do you have any words of wisdom? I'm like, yep. Do, 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 do. I mean, it takes only like what, five minutes mm -hmm. to be present with someone? Like a, a group of people? Yes. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We have to change that. You're always doing that. It's, it's so darling. One of the things that you're talking about a lot is the matrix, which is my favorite topic right now. And I'm, and when you were talking, a lot of the things that were coming up, like when you talked about celebrity culture, something I've been thinking about a lot too, is like the Catholic church. And I was thinking about what the matrix does with celebrity culture, which is essentially separation. So when someone's a celebrity, they are better than they have the power. They know everything. I do not. And it's really like the goal of the matrix is to keep us from unity, to separate us. And I've been thinking about a lot about the Catholic church and the way that God is someone, he is not you. God is someone who is special. He has done these certain things. And there are various ways that they create separation among the church, the religion, away from women, away from um, homosexuals. Mm -hmm. I sounded like a hillbilly when I said that, but away from- Oh, I love it. Be a hillbilly. Be a hillbilly. I was like, homosexuals. <laughs> homosexuals. <laughs> but I was like thinking about the church and, and just there's a lot of different ways that they separate. Um, so I'd love for you to talk about the matrix, like what that is for girls, you know, it obviously is a system that controls us, but for people that may not know exactly what that is, I'd love to dig into that. Absolutely. So the matrix is a system that's built on a grid, meaning that it's built with a structure that follows the same structure from one generation to the next generation. So the idea that you come into the world, they put you into an institution, they make you take all these tests, you don't really know. They're telling you your IQ is this, your IQ is that. You don't really have, there's no real evidence based on that test that your IQ is any of those things because not everyone learns through academia. Some people learn through sound. Some people learn through movement. Some people learn through art and color and expression. And some people learn through all kinds of other ways that I haven't even explained. So you're put into a system. So the matrix, this whole thing is the darkness 
needs a system to filter fear into to keep their world going. Okay, all the beings in the darkness are people who lived when the light came from them when they died. They couldn't let go of the things they did, so they turned away from the light and ran and went into the darkness. Are they bad? In shamanism, we don't look at that. We're, we're very inclusive. We we don't go into this whole bad versus good. This this quantum, this duality. This you know this quantum entanglement. We don't go into that. What we get into is understanding how we can actually support and dissolve both polarities, right? And so the matrix job is to keep you following a system and then have you train your children in that system and then their children in that system. And it's all for the purpose of keeping the matrix going. So your job is to work for the matrix and you think you're free because you took a vacation. They just throwing you a bone. Yeah. The idea of the matrix is to create an indivisible, an invisible idea of freedom, giving you the idea that you're free, but in a system that creates this constant need for yearning for something and this constant lack feeling and this survival mode. How do you live on a planet with all the resources that we have, all of the technology mm-hmm. and geniuses and like people who are coming from so much knowledge, integrity and resource? Why do why why do we have to pay bills? Why do we have to suffer? People are starving. We have enough resources to create a system that takes care of our basic survival needs, so that we can focus on new technologies and how ways that we can improve our species and perhaps go to another planet and help them or be supportive to another uh, planet. No, on this planet, it's survival. You are put into a survival awareness, which is what the Matrix wants. To that survival awareness, you don't really think about who you are and what what you're here to do. You're thinking about one thing. I need to pay the bills. I need to, I have to have a job. I got to do this. I got to do that. So people don't have this, this, this uh, aspect of really soul searching themselves. And then the matrix programs religion, right? Which is another part of another thing of the matrix, because the moment, and this is just basic psychology, the moment you tell a species, we're going to look at this from anthropology. The moment you tell a species that their creator can hurt them, subconsciously, they will begin to hurt themselves. It is systematically, neurologically, um, a part of the functioning of reflection, If you tell a species that God gets angry and jealous and is operating from a very low, dense understanding of reality, meaning like lesser than like we are, but then saying that God is omnipresent and omnipotent and omniscient and this amazing power, but has power over your life. You create this very subversive, disconnected, hurt person who can become pious. They can become like, I have to do all of these things because they're afraid they're not going to go to heaven. They list, they, they, they live in the matrix of fear of their own selves. If you take a species and, and tell them that, it's always going to be destruction and chaos because the species' whole job is to destroy itself because it knows that God can destroy it. The idea of God as Santa Claus has so much been utilized as a way of division. Mm. God as Santa Claus, you're good and you're rewarded. Yay. 
and then you're punished. You get a lump of coal. Isn't Santa Claus the same thing? I mean, are they fooling us here? Is it literally like, here's God, and now we're going to make Santa Claus the exact same behavior? And if you're good, you get more stuff. Mm. You get more stuff. That's good. And that's good. And then you can fill up that vacuous hole that's never going to go away because we're going to make sure it doesn't go away because the matrix's whole job is to keep you in a state of it's never enough. You're never good enough. You're never enough. And everything outside of you is the only thing that can supply you and give you. And in order to get it, you have to work for the matrix. So we're going to pay you for the job you did. And then we're going to take your money back because you're going to buy stuff we tell you to buy. And then we're going to give it back to you again. And you're going to do this your whole life. It's just a constant exchange. It's like putting the money in hand, giving it back, putting the money in hand, giving it back. It's a sick system. And it's not focused on the betterment of our species. It's focused on keeping a small percentage of the people who are in alignment with the matrix. Illuminati. Mm. Uh huh. <laughs> exactly. Because I've had my run-ins with them. Mm. On that percentage of, I want the power and I want to be seen as special. So I'm willing to support the dark beings in the dark world to continue infiltrating the consciousness of humanity so that we can keep this matrix going. And we're going to build governments and systems that pretend to protect the people when in fact, we're actually just creating more pressure cooker. We're not giving you things to have cope with your emotional intelligence. We're not giving you emotional intelligence. Matter of fact, we're teaching you based on on, on systematic behaviors of memorization. So your education is based upon what you memorized. That's what makes you choose to have this job or that job. The consciousness of reality is you have no emotional intelligence. And if you don't have emotional intelligence, you can't feel your own self and between someone else. You can't coexist on a planet and feel safe if someone coexists differently than you do. So anyone who is different than you, you will see as a threat. And if you're operating from masculine projection, you will kill the threat so that you can survive. Where the feminine energy comes in is like, stop seeing it as a threat You don't have to agree with the other person, but you have to be comfortable with the fact that if they're created, they exist. So let them be in their own existence. You should be in your own existence. So when people argue, I find it the most hilarious thing because they think they're actually proving a point, but all they're showing is their insecurity. They're basically saying, I feel threatened by you. That's why I have to argue with you. Whereas when I teach women, like if your man tries to argue with you, he's trying to get what is called a mental control over you. He's trying to prove that he's smarter than you and burn you out. And then by burning you out, he wins. Mm. But the thing is, you don't argue. You just simply say, I know what I know and I'm comfortable with what I know. And I love and I understand where you've come up with your idea. But if you want to hear mine, just let me know. And you walk out of the room. That man will come to you later and be like, okay, so what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it that you know? <laughs> right? Because you're not playing the game anymore. Right? You're, you're staying in queendom. You're staying at queens. Don't argue. Queens oper- operate from an understanding of intention and, uh, and, and how they are creating change. So the matrix job is to break you down to the point of you stay in survival mode for the rest of your life. And the fact that you could take that vacation and the fact that you could buy that car and that house gives you a sense of freedom. True freedom is spiritual freedom. True freedom is knowing that you don't have this, this knife sitting in your back saying, if you don't get up in the morning and go to work, you're going to be under a bridge. You're going to be starving. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. That's what the matrix does. It creates this, this fear that you don't know exactly what it is, but you know that if you don't follow the rules, it's going to happen. Mm. And then your parents bless their dear hearts. 
they had the same thing happen to them. So we can't get mad at them because your parents also was a, was a child that came into this world that says, love me. And they're like, yeah, I love you when you get good grades. I'll love you if you clean your room. I'll love you when you do this, but that's not love. That's conditional love. And what we have to is to elevate understanding consciousness of love to unconditional love and acceptance. It's creating containers for children to have a voice in the family. So if your child sees something wrong with you as a parent, they should be able to say it without them getting in trouble. Mm, I love that. Yes. Wow. Um, I, 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 you said that Queens don't argue Mm. and I'd love to just kind of um, go deeper on what do Queens do? Like as it relates to, sex, relationships, self-care, all of that. So when you have your crown on, you're holding a majesty. The majesty is operating from the understanding of you are in one preservation with yourself. So it's you first. It's like, you know, how everyone has like me too. I'm like, no, we need to do you first, the you first movement, right? The biggest thing that women have done to themselves that has been detrimental to every level of their health, um, their, you know, their psychological well-being, their family structure, and even the way the kids are developed is operate in sacrifice mode. Operating mm. in sacrifice mode is what I call, it's like, you know, like there is this show called Dune and it was like, I must not fear, I must not fear, fear is the mind killer. Literally, it's the mind killer. It's the, it, it kills you. It destroys you. It destroys your children. It destroys your home. It destroys everything about you because you operate from the idea that I have to give everything of my well and leave nothing for myself in hopes that everyone will love me and fill me back up. But if they don't, then I'm nobody and I might as well die and then I'll go get cancer and make it happen. And that's not supportive. Mm. So being a queendom is knowing first, you first. Then it's about understanding the kingdom in which you live in and how can you provide now that you're filled up, your fill up. That's why I call everyone. I tell people get full. Like when people say to me, like, what should I be focused on? When I like, get full first, get full. Like if you're not full and you're giving stuff away, you're out of alignment. And, it, and it's like, I always tell people, it's always, it's alignment over hustle. Get rid of the hustle. Mm. The hustle is a knife in your back that will keep stabbing mm. you. And it literally will bring you to the wrong people, to the wrong events, to the wrong situations, to the wrong types of things that you're in. I mean, meaning to the wrong husband or wife or wow. whoever you're with, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. The get full mentality is to fill yourself up. So that way your overflow is what you give away. The queen knows that. So she knows that she has to be full to fill herself up. And remember, filling yourself up isn't just getting manicures and pedicures and massages and like really cool like spa days. Filling yourself up is also the way in which you speak to yourself. It's the way in which you allow yourself. It's the way that you react to things. It's the way that which you see yourself in your own value because you exist, not from the value of I'm valuable when someone says I'm valuable and there I'm going to love myself then. So all the Louis Vuittons and Gucci bags and Prada and all that stuff, I call those like insecurity gifts, right? Because it's like, if you're, if you're antiquating your value on your material possessions, a queen doesn't do that. She knows that her possessions, she likes them, but they don't define her. She is the defining force of energy. She has the wisdom inside of herself and she doesn't need to argue with anyone about the wisdom. If they're ready to sit at her throne and listen to her wisdom, then come and sit. But I'm not here to fight you. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to pull your hair. When it comes to their children, she creates a container for her children to learn about themselves and guides them with love in her heart by asking them, how do you feel? What do you feel? Like getting involved in the way that they perceive things, but not forcing 
her viewpoints onto her children so that they can have their own perspective that can support her as well. So the, the, the queen knows that the act of giving is the act of receiving through the act of allowance, right? And so when you get into that space, when it comes to sex and all of these different things, my mom used to always say to me, and she said this to me one time because I know she was going on this date with this person. And I go, mom, what did you do? And she's like, well, I had my vibrator. I fulfilled myself. And I was like, why, mom? She goes, because I'm going on a date with this guy. And I don't want to have that heat inside of me. That which way. So every time he says something, I, that heat is getting stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden, I can't think straight. Like, mm. I need to be the queen. I need to have my mind fully present with me and I need to make sure that I'm well taken care of. So when he pulls any kind of sexual innuendos at me and things like that, I'm good. Wow. And the one time she wanted to date and this guy like invited Genius. her house and he wasn't ready. And he actually dropped it. He came out of the shower. He's like, Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And he dropped his towel. And my mom's like looking at him and he's like, he's like, huh? My mom's like, very nice. Now let's go put your clothes on and let's go to dinner. Love her. And the thing is what my mom always says is that a woman must fulfill herself so that she is not hungry. When she's not hungry and thirsty, she's able to think, she's able to operate her kingdom in the right way. She doesn't step out of her power center. That's how women fell from grace. They left their power center and was willing to trade it for acknowledgement, for validation, for acceptance. No, babies, you accept yourself right now today. Not because you had something or you had to achieve something or you had to do something. It's the fact that you're created. For all the spirits to come and create you, let me just tell you, there's no one like you in the world and there never will be. You can use every mathematical equation. You cannot you cannot bring another you unless we duplicate every single thing every ancestor and every family ate, saw, did, heard, and was at in any part of the world. And that's just not astronomically correct. So you got to love on yourself. You know, I love Janis Joplin because she makes this whole thing about like, if you have that one cat for one day... You got to love that cat. You got to hold that cat. You got to love that cat because, man, you don't know. It'll be gone, right? And the thing is, it's the same thing women have to feel for themselves. They have to wake up every morning and love on themselves. Tell themselves, like, I am power. I love how powerful I am. I love how when I walk in the room, I light up the room. I love how I'm always in a place of balance and I'm always in a place of nurturing. I'm always in a place of generosity and kindness, but I'm also in a place of power. Because there's not the, the women have many stages. There's the wild woman. There's the warrior woman. There's the mother woman. Woman, there's a little girl woman there's the, the seductress there's all these places like uh, embrace it all mm -hmm. and don't try to fit yourself into some kind of box that religion told you to fit into or the television told you to fit into because you can't you're a quantum being a quantum being's feathers will change one day it'll be blue next day it'll be yellow next day it'll be orange you know what no one can actually pinhole you into anything because you're always evolving and changing you may go to bed at night and be one person and wake up in the morning and look in your closet like i love this i love that movie uh, catwoman with michelle pfeiffer mm -hmm. it was my favorite part of the scene is like when she turned to catwoman she goes in her closet and she's like, ugh, you know? <laughs> right? And then she starts making her own outfit. Like, but the symbolism of that, right? The, the, yeah. the, 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 the teaching of that is like, that was, that's not me anymore. Mm. 
I mean, I can't take anything in this place and make it. So what I got to do is make my own suit, my own self and, and feel good in where I choose to be right now. And then tomorrow feel good where I choose to be right there and not go into this. I have to be like this in order to get married. I have to be like this in order to make sure I have kids. You know, women are going into this kind of like very destructive pattern of constantly filling themselves for the purpose of meeting someone's expectation or value of them. And that limits the quality of themselves. And when men see that, remember, look, you could be at a restaurant or bar or let's say a beach or anything. And if you are holding the quality and value of self-love for yourself and acknowledgement, self-preservation, and like you are literally lit love all over you, like you're just seeping lit love because that's how you that's how you roll with yourself the man who's dysfunctional whatever won't even see you mm-hmm. because perception creates defined frequencies that blind only connects you to the frequency of which you are connected to so when someone says i have an abusive husband i said well then when are you going to stop abusing yourself because there should be no tolerance for abuse whatsoever yeah so being a queen is keeping that crown on and like recognizing that you don't need to get into petty arguments and you don't need to play the game. You don't have anything to prove to anyone. You're not trying to get love from people by doing something or wearing something. You are good as you are. Mm. You got that experience with royalty now. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking from experience. I I think like, well, it's it's interesting to think about because like I feel like even as you're speaking and I'm sure as people are listening, like they can embody that. And that is something that is so true to them innately. But then when the other comes into the picture, you know, for me, it's it's men. It's like. So you're saying it will attract the king or attract someone who will understand and appreciate and honor and all of this, because I, I find myself in situations so often where I'm like. I know that they appreciate me, but like they, they don't, it's like, I have to teach them. I and mean, I don't, do you uh, want me to look at your patterns? Sure. You comfortable? Yeah, I'm comfortable. Okay. Let's take a look at your signatures first. You're 45, six, eight, and five near your heart, lower abdominal area. Got to be careful with your abdominal area mm. uh, because you do, you are building inflammation in your abdominal area because you have a 66, which shows large intestine and oh, it's right there. You've got a 22 and three in your upper throat. That's really interesting. So you already have a belief system that men are idiots. Okay. So let me give you an understanding of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have an issue that you think men don't appreciate your power. Okay. But it's you who's actually playing this internal game with yourself, which is you not fully being comfortable in your power with a man who shows up in his power. Mm. So what you do is you go for these men who are not mature yet at their ability to step into their power. So you come in like mama, mama bear, mama going, mama going to teach you. Mama going, mama wants you to do it like this. Mama wants you to scratch this. Mama wants you to lick this. Mama wants you to, oh, uh-huh. what? What do you mean you didn't understand? Oh, let me, you know. And But the thing is, here's, here's the double-edged sword of that, right? The double-edged sword of that is, yes, you can teach them to be what you want them to be, but that's not who they really are. So then what ends up happening is they end up resenting you. Yes. They end up resenting you and they start thinking, I got to get my and power back. Uh-huh. And then you resent well. them because you're like, how come they're never going to step up to the plate? But see, darling, you are holding a frequency code in your body that doesn't want them to step up to the plate. 
because you're not stepping up to the plate with yourself. Mm. Yes. And it's easily remedied. Like the issue that comes in is your whole competitive nature that you had when you were growing up. You're very competitive. And the competitive nature is the idea of, I have to be very clear with who I am because I have people around me who have very thick heads. And in order for me to be able to function, I need to be comfortable in my power so that people, I don't lose myself. So what's happened was there was a time where you fell in love, you lost yourself. You haven't embraced that part that lost itself. And why? Because you did exactly that, which I talked about earlier, which was you made the person more important. So you didn't show up with your power. You weren't like, here I am in my power, I'm gonna pull a man in with power and we're gonna have this amazing relationship. Yes. You're like, nope, I can't have a man with power because he's gonna to try to control me, but no one can control you. That's the, that's the game you played with yourself. You allowed it to happen. Mm -hmm. It makes so much sense. I mean, it's, tr it's a, a thousand percent true, especially the part about not being in my power. So I don't allow others to be, or I don't attract or am attracted to those in there. You're not emulating it. You're yeah. not emulating it. Yeah. doesn't mean you can't. You yeah. have the ability. Alexia, let me ask the spirit guide something. Um, why doesn't she make the choice to emulate it? Uh-huh. Okay. So it's connected to your mother. It's connected to your mother, they mm -hmm. said. And they said that your upbringing and the way in which you saw things and the way you look at your mom, you don't want to be that. Okay. So what you've done is you created this wall and this barrier of like, I don't want to be that. So this is how I have to be. But what you don't realize is that the core energy that you've actually exuded outward is I'm going to choose the person who's not in their power so I can feel more powerful than you. So you can never hurt me. You can never uh. do anything to me because I'm more powerful than you. I'm smarter than you. I'm greater than you. And I have more to offer than you. And if I get bored with you, you're out. Yeah. So you're like, you know, you're like Samantha from uh, Sex in the City. Okay? Wow. Straight up got your character. <laughs> Booyah. Thank you for that. I'm Steve. I love you. Of that is, that I'm is... Steve from Sex in the City. <laughs> that was wow. the craziest thing I've ever heard. Wow. Wow. That was really, I really to hear that. on point. And it was said in a way I've never heard. Like, yes. I, I just felt that on like a cellular level where, yeah. And that there is like to know like the shifts that need to happen. Like it does feel like I can remedy it, but it's a, I think it's a practice over time for me. Mm, it doesn't. That's another no? one of your programs. What is Again, it? this is what I was talking about yeah. in the beginning. It's the idea that you say that so you can prolong it. Mm. Your belief and saying this has to be like this, you're writing the script. So God goes, okay, so be it. Make mm. sure everything supports what she says. That's what the ego's job is. The Damn. ego's job is, what do you say, God? Oh, you say life is hard? Let me show you it's hard. I'll bring all the people in your life to make it hard. What yeah. do you say? Do you think there needs to be some kind of weird shift going on? Yeah. There needs to be some, there needs to be some kind of progress and some kind of step-by-step -step thing you need to do because that's when you're finally going to accept it. Mm. You're writing things. Like people will say to me, oh yeah, I'm going to quit smoking tomorrow. Uh, when, oh uh, no, they'll, they'll say this. They'll say, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm like, when they're like soon. I'm like, when soon they're like soon. I'm like, if you don't have a date and you don't have a time, there is no manifestation. There is no intention, right? For your attention. Your attention has no intention. And if your attention has no attention, I basically you're just throwing balls out the window and like seeing where they land. Wow. You're not being a conscious creator. Mm -hmm. A conscious creator makes a decision. Like, I'm not going to say, 
oh my God, this pain is so deep inside of me. I have to work so hard to get it out. I'm gonna be like, this shit is leaving right now and it feels so good. I'm like lit and it's leaving and all these new epiphanies are happening for me and this new insight is happening to me. And within like two weeks, this shit's gonna be done. Wow. Like roll with your power. Yeah, feel that. Can you do me? (laughs) Yeah, which which part do you wanna go into? Yeah, I guess just... I don't know why lately mentally I'm having just a really hard time. Like, okay, well, let's just look at your synthesis yeah. first of all. Okay. So let's see, you've got 56 and 1,824. 56 and 1,824 means you're way too hard on yourself, right? It means like mentally your little girl inside, which is God is going like, can you, can you, can you lighten up? Can you like, like, like laugh at your, you're too serious. It's too much. It's so right there. That's going to cause high levels of anxiety. Fluctuating range is four on your outer aura of your electromagnetic field. Your internal field is operating at a 15, which means your anxiety levels are at a 3.1. So anxiety levels become really difficult when it hits four. You're at a 3.1, right? So anything can throw you to a four. So I'm going to tell you where you are right now. You're in, you're in what I call shell mode. Okay. Cause anytime you get to a four, you go in shell mode before you get to that four. It's where you become so sensitive that you have to be very sensitive to your sensitive. And then everything you kind of want to just kind of go in and like close yourself up, but you have to be careful because you have um, inside of you, you've made this kind of depression, This I call it the creeping depression that you create for yourself. In your code signatures near your heart and upper temporal lobe, you create this, what I call looping thoughts, okay? Looping thoughts are based on several things for you. How much you're actually seeing achieved, which is ridiculous because the fact that you do that, you're actually slowing down achievement. Mm. Your other looping thought, which is, am I doing everything I'm supposed to do? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, do whatever hell you want to do. Like, well, I would say if you were like going with me and you were like, and I was like, okay, we're going to do some shamanic stuff. I would literally say today, all I want you to do is just sit and stare at the wall and like, see what happens. And- <laughs> you, you just brought me to a four. <laughs> You just actually brought me to a four anxiety. Right. And, and you know, and so let me tell you why, because your anxiety would jump, but then it would slow down because what would happen uh, is that you would get to a break point and then you would realize that if I stayed with you in that break point and walked you through the shamanic exercise, you would realize that a lot of your stress is governed by the idea that your value is antiquated by what you do and how much you've accomplished. So you create a scale and when your scale is dropping below a point where you feel you're not getting enough done, you go heavy on yourself and then depression creeps in. It's called creeping depression. Creeping depression comes because you're not living free. You're living, you're creating your own fortress, your own barricade that is actually creating a distance with your, with your inner soul, with your little girl. Your little girl's like, Hey, I want to go be on a picnic and like take a blanket with some friends and throw some, you know, be around the flowers and have a beautiful picnic with some nice wine and cheese and all this yummy stuff. And you're like, Oh yeah, well, uh, that, yeah, we'll get to that. And, and you never do. And you end up going and creating this long list of to-do lists. So your little girl's like, I'm confused here. You are always talking about bettering yourself and doing all these things, but you spend no time allowing me to be the whimsical child that I need to be. You're Mm -hmm. not letting me do my writing. You're not letting me go out into nature. You keep telling me something bad is going to happen if I stop. And you know it's hurting me. Mm -hmm. 
This is what's causing the pain, my love. This is what the signature is showing. That all these years you've had this constant up and down with this constant like fighting depression, fighting this thing is because your little girl inside God, you as the creator is saying, you're not letting me be. You're not letting me be free. And she's talking to me. She's talking to me. And she loves you. But she knows that your, your truest nature is to be on, then off. On, then off. It's, I do my thing, but I have to have a lot of like dream time and like play time and like let's have a picnic time and let's have a I don't care beach day time and, you know, and just be. Perhaps just lay in bed and make love all day time without the idea of checking your phone time to see if you're, you know, things are happening. No, she wants you to get rid of it and just be. She wants to see the wind blowing in the window and you in the bed with the white sheets and like, oh, we'll just get up for food and go back into the bed. She wants to have picnics. She wants to, to be in that place that your soul really is. You see, you're, a, you're an empath. This is something you're going to have to really balance in your life. An empathic person has to take more time in the nurture field. Okay? She loves you. And I'll never say to someone, you don't love yourself because that's so new age and that shit is just a crock of shit. Of course you love yourself, but now it's time to take it up a notch. Let's enhance that love. Let's take that love and let's put some beautiful things on it. Let's entertain that love into the nebulous corners of our mind so that you can actually begin to feel like I'm enjoying my life, mm. not doing my life. I guess I just don't know where I got the fear. I agree with everything you're saying very deeply. Um, but I just don't know where I got the fear that like, if I'm not doing, then nothing's happening. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've gotten to so successful because I'm always doing and because I'm always pushing forward and I'm always thinking about it. And I'm always ignoring the child. So that's not why you got successful. They want me to tell you, you got successful because you're good at manifesting because you have clear vision focus. That's what they said. So mm -hmm. they said, don't you dare think is because you actually put the grind to the metal. That's why you got successful. <laughs> they told me to laugh at that. <laughs> You're like, laugh now. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, no, my darling, you did not get successful wow. because you put the grind to the metal. <laughs> no, you got successful because you're vision focused. You're the type of person who sees vision and you see a direct line to it. And you're the type of person that sees mm -hmm. step one, step two, step three, step three, step four, step five, success. Step one, step two, step three, step four, five, success. That's why you got it. It wasn't because you put muscle into it or because you hammered yourself. It was because you're a vision focused person. You, you don't even have to really do much. All you really have to do is hold the vision and everything will come right to you. So let's be, let's debunk that nonsense. And then the other thing they said, uh, council members, why, um, where did this uh, behavior pattern um, come from? They said, dad, what was the behavior pattern? I have to show that I valued the life. I have to show that I respect what was given. I have to show that I am good, that I, do you understand, am 
operating in like, look at what I've done. Aren't you proud of me? Right? So the consciousness of being proud isn't based upon anyone else. It's you. Haven't you, have you told yourself how proud you are? How many successes? How many, how many times have you thrown a party for all your successes? Tell me how many parties. You should have a lot of parties because you're a vision focus. So you throw parties for, for all your successes? No. There's too many. <laughs> but even still, like, no. have a little party? Like, yeah. No. It's time to. Yeah. You know, I always say we should have breakup parties, you know, so people can come and bring you things that empower you to the, to be your ultimate authentic truth, to call in the person who you don't have to compromise yourself. We should have lost my job parties. Congratulations. You're finally starting to see the truth that the job you were at, your soul hated it. That's why you got fired. Mm-hmm. So let's be real about it. You didn't yes. make a step first. So they had to kick you out first. Yay. Yeah. Let's go celebrate. Right. The I, the guy didn't call me party, which is like, you just dodged a bullet party. Mm. Right. And then like, I made many success. I made a success party and I accomplished something else party. And I'm going to celebrate myself for all the energy that I put in to making that come into fruition. Mm. Right. Yeah. We always celebrate birthday parties. Why aren't we doing these kind of parties? Mm, yeah. There's so much more. I think, I honestly think the whole age thing where people are like, how old are you? How old are you? Like, stop. Mm-hmm. Like, just stop. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm attracted to every age. Every age has different wisdom. I talked to a six-year-old boy and he taught me things I would have never known. Okay. Every, I don't look at like, oh, because you're this age and this age and this age and this age, and this is where I'm going to be my social group. I have a friend right now who's 72 years old. He's one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. When we come, we hang out. When I go to London, we spend time together. I have friends from all walks of life, even little kids I have friends with. Parents are like, oh, my kid wants to have play day with you. I'm like, great, let's play video games. Let's play action figures. Let's build forts. Let's do these things. There, we have to live outside of these, these, these customs of labels. Your, your thing, my darling, is you need to tell yourself every day how amazing and wonderful it is, all the beautiful things that you've created. I'm so proud of you. Only you can say that to yourself. Because even if someone says it to you, it's not going to have any merit. The merit comes when the soul sees itself. When you, the merit comes when you turn towards the soul and say it to yourself. Why? Because if you expect others to say it to you, then you become codependent upon the need for their love and their validation and their accolades. So the biggest mistake I see with my celebrity clients is that they have no sense of self because they've been so focused mm. on the idea of being acknowledged by other people, they can't get into the reality of how they actually create that beautiful space with themselves. So that's what I do. I rip apart that nonsense. I'm like, this is like, what is this shit? Really? Mm-hmm. Like, who gives a shit? So what? You did a movie. Yay. Good. Oh, wait, great. You made a million dollars. Who cares? What are you feeling inside? Are you happy? Do you feel content? Are you living your best life? If not, then let's look at the, let's knock the bullshit off. Let's, let's, let's reframe, recreate and rebuild and let's do something different than what you're doing because whatever it is that you're doing is literally making you distant from your soul. Mm-hmm. I have friends who are billionaires who are like, I went to this girl, this Russian girl and I had this girl in the yacht. We're in, we're in Sardinia over here doing all these things. And I'm like, dude, you're not happy 
with any of these girls because all you want to keep getting is this fulfillment of her liking you in the first time. But then when it gets into the real place where you have to show up in your heart, you're like on to the next girl because you want that fix again. You're like addicted to the Mm -hmm. beginning. I said, let's stop for a second. Go on a meditation retreat for like seven days Mm -hmm. and just shut your mouth and then watch what happens when you come back. And he came back, complete different person. We have to go in. It's about subtraction, not addition. The more we subtract, the better our lives. Mm. So grateful. Thank you. So grateful. Wow. Yeah, this was insane. I know. (laughs) I love you. I love you more. Yeah, this was really, really powerful. Where can people connect with you? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, where can people connect with you? So I'm excited because I have a book that's now ready for pre-order. Oh, I was just thinking about that when you came. It's called Spirit Hacking. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. So um, I'm really excited because the book was uh, for the the person who did the forward was Dave Asprey and Paul Hawken, who's like one of the top like, Mm. you know, scientists in the world. And uh, Nina Dobrev, a lot of beautiful people. Gwyneth, all these people wrote beautiful things about the book. And literally, I wrote this book for the people. Um, everything I do is about putting the power, the people, the power back in people's hands. Um, I created an online shaman school so people can start taking classes and learning how to level up their lives. And you can find me on Instagram if you want to get on Instagram lives with me, where I can learn from you. Like I go on my lives, and it's not just about me talking; it's about me flipping and choosing someone and like share your knowledge with us. We are, we are in this thing together. I don't believe in hierarchies. I don't believe in guru conscious. I don't believe I'm better than anyone anywhere in the world. We are in this thing together. And what I think the greatest gift that we can offer anyone is to be able to get out of the following mentality and into leadership responsibility. It's like, how can we support each other and hold each other accountable to be the best leaders each of us can be and lead the message of love forward. And that's what it's about. Mm. And honor women because women have gone through so much on the planet. And for any men who is listening, it's time to step it up. We have to really create a bigger container for women to be able to see themselves, to heal those wounds, to be able to nurture themselves, to love themselves, and then be able to just really get into that space of queendom so that we can really step into our space as well without fear and constantly feeling afraid that we can't come to them and say we fucked up and and know that we're going to be loved and not pushed and shoved into the street and tossed aside. Cause that's really what big, the, men, the big issue for men is. So, and also ancient wisdom podcast. Oh yeah. Your episode it with is. Milana was one of my favorite episodes uh, I've heard in Milana. so long. Everything. Like yeah. I just, I loved it. So that one's a really good one. If you guys really are powerful. listening already. Really powerful. Thank you so Yeah. Thank much. you so I much. Have the words. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will talk to you all soon. If you love this episode, please share it with people who could use this, the love and the light and definitely connect with Shaman Dark on Instagram. Your lives are some of my favorite things They're fire. to watch on Instagram. Truly. Oh, truly. thank you. I feel so nurtured and loved truly. by you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Sharing is caring. Ignite, ignite to invite tribe. Mm. Share, 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 share. All right. Love, love you guys. I love Bye. you. Bye. Thank you so much, Shaman Derek. Pick your jaws up off the floor. I know. 
I know, I know. That was amazing. One of my favorites. Everything we talked about was so juicy and interesting and the readings were fucking on point. On point and uncomfortable. Right on point as per usual. So thank you so much. Please connect with him. Find him speaking at events all over. And he does a lot on Instagram, which we really, really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. His Instagram lives are really great. Okay. So review of the week. Thank you, Krista and Lindsay, five stars. I found this podcast as I approached 30, not thinking much of it other than something I could play during my commute, but it turned out to be simply life-changing. I've learned so much about many different topics and feel more in touch with myself than ever. I also really appreciate Krista and Lindsay's efforts to cover topics that are difficult to talk about, such as best ways to support the trans community and how to acknowledge and approach white privilege. This is so much more than a podcast. The community they've created in Almost 30 Nation is truly amazing, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. Thank you, Krista and Lindsay. This podcast means more than you'll ever know. Mm. So sweet. That's from No Longer Almost 30 from the US. Oh, thank you. Yeah, your reviews truly mean so much to us and they help us to bring on guests like Shaman Derek, like so many others. And just remind us, you know, in a selfish way, just why we do this. You know, all of your reviews are so thoughtful. So yeah, true, almost 30 fashion. They're always beautifully written, eloquent, kind. Truly. You know, it's just so our community. Like if you look at other reviews, like I've looked at, I used to look at other reviews maybe when we first started. It's like, great show. Love it. You know, ours are like paragraphs of just this beautiful, eloquently put emotional experience that you've had listening to the podcast. And you guys are so special and it shows in your reviews. And we're so thankful that, you know, we could be stewards for these conversations. Truly. Thank you. Okay. Um, and we can't wait to meet you. Coming up in Denver on May 30th with Natalie Miles at Green Spaces. We're super excited. This event is going to be really impactful, a little woo-woo in all the right ways. And we cannot wait to meet over a hundred of you in Denver. 150. 150. Yeah. Denver is going to be rad. The community there is amazing. Natalie's awesome. So if there are tickets, they're available on the website. Um, If not, um, let us know. Mm -hmm. And then we also have our June 20th event with Brie Melanson happening at the WeWork here in LA. And that's going to be a really beautiful, uh, deep experience. We'll have food and beverage there as well as some of our awesome goodie bags. And then we have our retreat, baby. Yeah, retreat is happening July 9th to the 12th at the Calamigos in Malibu. It's going to be not only stunning, but just a a very unique special experience. Uh, We have 25 attendees. There are some spots still available. So check that out at almost30podcast.com slash retreat. And we are bringing some of LA's like best healers, practitioners, experts, gurus to you. It's going to be really, really intimate. um, And we're going to be experiencing it along with you. So um, we cannot wait to have you. Um, This is our first retreat. And we're going all out. So yeah, it's going to be, <laughs> you're going to have to bring us an extra suitcase to bring home the goodies. <laughs> yeah. The sponsors for it are insane. The space is beautiful. And the people that you're going to meet are be going to be incredible. And in true almost 30 style, we're going to go above and beyond to make you feel comfortable and welcome and seen. So looking forward to seeing you there. Tickets, if there are spaces left, are on our website as well. And then just as a last one, I wanted to mention actually too, the live show in Mm -hmm. San Francisco. So Lacey Phillips is a name that I hear 
multiple times a day from the community, multiple times a day from just in my life. And it's my reminder to do more of her work, but also uh, just a connection that we made early on in the podcast career. And we are so excited to have a conversation with her live this July in San Francisco. Yeah. So that's happening at the Independent on July 27th. You can get tickets on our website, go to almost30podcast.com slash tour, and you can buy tickets there. Um, We're really, really excited. Bring friends. It could be a fun, you know, if you're outside the city, it could be a fun trip into SF, but we're just really excited to meet you. And this is our first live show. So we're going to, you know, be kind. We're going to wear capes. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) be kind. (laughs) Um, Thank you as always for listening. It means the world to us. You know, we provide this free content because, you know, we are learning right along with you and just fills us up and inspires us so much to hear that it's impacted your life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram at almost 30 podcast and we'll see you soon. Peace, love and crabs. Bye-bye. Bye.